listening to the They May All Be One podcast with new episodes every Tuesday, helping you stand firm in the faith and share the gospel with love. And now, here are your hosts, Shane and Holly Sands. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing. Are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. <laughs> are you Welcome doing? to the broadcast today before we get too deep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! Yes. So, uh, welcome to another podcast of That They May All Be One. And today, on this episode, we're going to be, if you've noticed the past uh, couple of episodes ago, we started to uh, add a different style of program involved. This is close to the end of our second season, and we're hoping that as we're growing and, you know, we're new to the podcast uh, area, you know, that's something that really hadn't even been on our heart for the longest time. And so as we're growing, the Lord is refining us, and we believe that this is a type of program that's necessary. It's not one where we're going to do a, a big introduction and all of that. It's hot topics, things that we see going on. Things just off the cuff. Off the cuff, and um, they're concerns for us. Uh, the warnings, uh, they may incorporate some really awesome things as well, but usually it's things that we're seeing that, you know, for a better lack of term, a soapbox type of issue where we want to bring something to your attention so that, A, you can either say, hallelujah, amen to that, preach it, teach it, or you can go, hold on, that's me, and you can reevaluate. The overall aspect is so that you can have a relationship with your Lord and King Jesus that's a one that's right and pleasing in his sight. So we've entitled today's program, Who is Your Brother from Another Mother? And we use that term, you know, in a funny way. I'm your brother from another mother. You're my sister from another mister. You know? <laughs> but what we're referring to in this show is um, friendship with the world. Yep. We're talking about who, who are the ones you hang out with. One of the things that I have been seeing and I've, I've seen it for a while, and I've seen it creeping in and becoming more and more prevalent. I saw a lot when I was in Norway, and it had even to the point where I was in a, a youth group, and they didn't want the people from the youth group uh, that were believers to bring their Bibles because they didn't want to scare off any unbelievers They wanted them to see that they were just like they were, just a little different. They needed to warm them up so that they could receive the word of God. There's been a, I would say, a more rapidly progressing issue of this that we've seen addressed in Scripture lately. So what we're going to do today is we're going to first read from God's Word. We're going to read several different translations. I'll tell you one of the translations is going to be the message. Uh, We don't recommend the message on uh, this program for uh, your, your Bible study. It's not one that we put out there and say, hey, by the way, 
the message, open that up, and you can dive deep into the Word of God. It's not a literal translation. It's not a dynamic equivalent. It's what's referred to as a paraphrase. As we read through this one, it actually gave a little, a a decent insight, a little different view, a little different uh, angle, per se, that will help um, highlight what we're going to be talking about. So what we're going to do is we're going to read several translations. I'm going to read a couple, then Holly's going to read a couple. And then when you hear all, listen for the different ways that this same section of Scripture is brought about. And then see, as we're reading it, I want you to think about what are my relationships like? Who and what am I involving myself with? And what's the context of those relationships? Our, te- our text for today is, comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has lightness with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Bial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me says the Lord Almighty. Now that came from my favorite translation, the New American Standard, the 1995 updated edition. And now I'm going to read that same section of text from the New Living Translation. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Then I'm just going to read a portion of that verse in these uh, next couple of translations. But the Amplified says, Do not be unequally bound together with unbelievers. Do not make mismatched alliances with them inconsistent with your faith. The Good News translation says, Do not try to work together as equals with unbelievers, for it cannot be done. And then the Message translation of that entire verse says, Don't become partners with those who reject God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple, but that is exactly what we are, each of us, a temple in whom God lives? God himself put it in this way. I'll live in them, move into them. I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. 
So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. This is the word of the Master, God. Amen. Now, did you hear how all of those played on? Don't be friends with the world. And in 1 Corinthians, uh, you hear Paul talk about, in 1 Corinthians 5, that not to associate uh, with any so-called brother who lives a type of life that is uh, inconsistent uh, or, you know, idolatrous or sexually immoral. That Not that you, you shouldn't have uh, any engagement with the world. That's not what I'm talking about here. That's not what Holly's talking about. What this is talking about is what are your friendships? What are your relationships? See, there's there's a big, huge misconception, and it's been going around for a while, and you hear it. And when I say this, it's probably going to jump into your mind, and you're going to go like, man, I have heard this before. And that is, Jesus even came and hung out with those who were the prostitutes and the tax collectors. He hung out with all sorts of people. He didn't shoo them away. He didn't separate himself. No, he was with everyday people in their environment. Does that sound familiar? Except when you look at the context of what's going on, he's preaching and teaching the word of God. He's calling them to repentance and faith. He's not sitting there going, hey, let's just have a nice little party, sing kumbaya, and have s'mores together. He's sitting down with them, and he's saying, you've got to repent. God will welcome you. God will bring you in and forgive you all your sins and trespasses. So he did dine. He did heal. He did meet people where they were at. But it wasn't so he could have a party with them. It was so that he could call sinners to repentance. As it said, it's not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call sinners to repentance. That's the context of that. But it's gotten so twisted so as that it can give an open door to you to live whatever kind of life you want with anyone you want because, you know what, Jesus loves you. That's anything but the truth. That has nothing to do with Jesus coming into the world. I think it's a, even a better way when I read this section of Scripture out of 1 Peter chapter 4. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of, but for the will of God. For... The time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all of this, they, the unbelievers, the ones who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, they are surprised that you do not run with them into the same excesses of dissipation, and they malign you. Yep, so even they see a difference. Yes. There should be no blurred lines. Correct. And in fact, it, it, it's such a statement 
it becomes such a distinction. They're uncomfortable with you, and now they go, oh, you're too good to be with us. Oh, and that is like that is exactly how it should be. There should not be any mishmash. You might have to work around people who are unbelievers, and you might have to have general conversation with them, but there should be in no shape, form, or fashion any condolence of I'm going to have some type of friendship with you going on. That's not the case. That's not where your relationship... If you don't spend more time with brothers and sisters in Christ, in the body of Christ, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, if you're not doing that on building one another up to encourage one another to so that on our, our journey homeward, then you're living in the world. You want the approval of man and not of God. I mean, think on this. If you use the excuse that Jesus came into the world and lived in the world as a reason for you to have whatever type of friendship, relationship you have with people that are unbelievers, you haven't studied the Word of God correctly, you have not applied it correctly, and you're more wanting to have friendship with the world than friendship with God. And what does James 4, 4 say about that? tells us that if we have friendship with the world, we're an enemy of God. Right. See, the, the key is, is at the end of the day, it's not that you don't love these individuals. It's not that we don't have, because they're image bearers. How can you not love? And we're commanded and called to love. But let me put it to you this way. It's not even... Re- the way that's put should be like, but why does it need to be a command? Because I already love them. Why? Because God is in you. Remember how we've talked before. If you're truly born again, you have a uh, you start having a love for the things that God loves and a hatred of the things that God hates. One of the things that God loves is his image bears, and he wants them to be saved. He wants people to to come to repentance and faith. But at no time is that an excuse then for you to engage in their behaviors. So if you think going over to a person's house to watch movies, get high, or whatever, and you're doing it because, you know, as a Christian, it's my ministry to, you know, to try and help people see Jesus. I'm going to I'm gonna be the feet of the gospel. Yeah, I... I just want to interject this because I remember back when I was in youth camp, an example they gave us that I, I, I remember it to this day. They had a girl stand up on a chair and a, a boy next to her. And they said to the girl who represented the Christian, try to pull him up to where you are. And she couldn't do it. And the boy who represented an unbeliever, he said, now try to pull her down. And, of course, that was easy for him to do. Yep. And that was such a a remarkable illustration to me still to this day about if you associate with unbelievers, it's way more easy for them to pull you down into their pollution than for you to pull them up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Amen. I mean, what does it say? Uh, God tells us, don't you know that bad company corrupts good character right we're we're not called 
to be of the world. We're in the world. But remember, this is not our home. And I know you might be thinking, but, you know, I, I love them so much. I went, yeah. And if you love them so much, you share the gospel. You sow the word of God. You have a general relationship. But the, you're going to parties. You're going to movies, hanging out, going over, do having outside fellowship more often and and staying in that environment. If you're not preaching the gospel and teaching the word of God to those individuals while you're doing it, then you've you're wanting the friendship of the world. Or at the best, at the very best case scenario, you're trying to use worldly means to win over lost souls. And that'll never work. Because it's only the word of God that's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's only the word of God that produces fruit. So you have to examine your motives. But I've seen this happening more and more. And it's really, it's universalism. There's many ways to heaven. We can all get there. You're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. No. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, whom he sent. And remember, Jesus didn't come into this world to live the happy, good life, you know, my best life now. He went so he could be mauled, disfigured, maimed, and nailed to a cross. He who knew no sin was made to become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God through him. Your relationships show where it is and who it is that has value in your life. If you're a husband and you only have girlfriends outside of work and they're not believers or they're just women and, you know, oh, I love my wife, but everywhere you go it's always around other women and it's with women and it's always, what is that really saying? If you're a woman and you go, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, you, who you are affiliated with is who you hang out with. Who you love is who you're with. Do you love Christ, the body of Christ, the church? Then you're going to be found with believers. You're going to want to be with believers. You're going to want to be building one another up because we know how dark and vile and sick this world is because we were called out of it, and we have God's word that illumines us and shows us just how desperately vile and dark it is and how how we should be longing and praying that God would open other eyes. Why would you want to go back into that environment? Why would you want to make friends in that environment? Who you love is who you will associate with. Please do not think that you can change the world. It will pull you down. It will enslave you once again. And you will find that your current state will be worse than your former. Stay upon the narrow path. Be with those who love and want to encourage you in Christ. Until next time. Thanks for joining us on this week's broadcast. If you'd like to hear us speak on a certain topic, please visit us on our website 
at thatthemayallbeone.org and click on the contact page. We'd love to hear what's important to you in your current walk with Christ. If you're on Facebook, give us a follow at T-T-M-A-B-O podcast. That's the acronym for That They May All Be One podcast. Or you can click on the link on our website. Please make sure and share with others if this podcast has been a blessing to you. Also, don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and hit that subscribe button. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always line up your thinking with the straight edge of Scripture.